Alright, we are back with uh, Steve. Steve's traveling through the, I think, I guess Kentucky maybe still, and some hills up there maybe interrupted the service. That's exactly where I am in Kentucky. You're good with your geography. Yeah, man, I figured I timed it. You left Pennsylvania a while back, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, you were talking about you're about to tell us about um, uh, a story. Oh, right. Yeah. And one rock. Okay. So uh, we were talking about EVPs, and uh, we investigated this uh, this place called Anawan Rock, part of uh, a triangle uh, area where I uh, where I live, and we recorded some voices that we knew. You know, it wasn't us. It was some. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and that was pretty awesome. And, you know, he, he wasn't somebody that was really into the, the ghostly sort of phenomenon. You know, this was long before our show, and, and we told people what we did. We were still looked at like we had, you know, a few eyeballs, uh, you know, more than two. And uh, he uh, was was kind of like, wow, this is actually kind of cool, guys. You know, he's like, that, that, this means stand and fight. I don't know how you got it, but wow. That's great. Uh, but yeah. And, you know, I, I see a lot of, there's been some memes or whatever that people would send to my, my Twitter or whatever. I'm uh, saying, you know, like, oh, there are other countries in the ghost centers. They don't, you know, they still talk in English to the spirits, this and that. And, uh, it's not entirely true. We, we, we try all the, the languages. <laughs> uh, we do, you know, if, uh, we, in, in Miami, we investigated the Cuban club. We, we tried the different languages. <laughs> That's, <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, so here's a question from one of the fans, um, and this question that was pretty good. So they say a lot of people look at the paranormal world and they scoff and they ridicule um, those who take it more seriously. So what would your message be to the skeptics out there about the paranormal world? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, it really was. And then all of a sudden, like season three, you know, I'd be in a bar and people were buying me shots. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm cool. What do you mean? What happened? Yeah. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? That's funny, dude. All right, so um, explain to the uh, explain to the listeners the difference between a residual haunt and an intelligent haunt. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, well, residual haunt, according to most case studies, you know, the, the patterns that we're able to recognize point towards it not being aware of, of time and space, uh, either a playback uh, or some sort of energy trapped there just doing its own thing. Sort of that, uh, you know, every... You know, every so often, every couple months, there's a ghost or an apparition, uh, you know, sighted at the same time in the same spot, doing it the same thing. You can try to talk to it, but it just, you know, walks right through the wall, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. That would be the residual type of haunting. I mean, who knows? It walks through the wall, but perhaps there was a doorway there, you know, 200 years ago. Who yeah. knows? Whereas an intelligent haunting uh, would be aware of its surroundings and might even interact uh, with them or interact with you if, if you're seeing it. So uh, as soon as you get any sort of interaction, uh, you're going to bump that up to an intelligent type of haunting and not a, a residual. Uh, but, you know, they, they can, uh, you know, they can exist within the same world as well. You know, we've seen uh, cases where there's signs of a residual haunting, you know, just like a playback doing the same thing, not aware of time and space. Uh, well, I'm not saying it's definitely a playback, but it just acts that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of time and space, and they also seen evidence of other types of hauntings are in, in the same location. So uh, you really just have to, and that's what you know. That's why we are investigators. You know, if it was just black and white, oh, that's residual. Sure. Oh, that's different. You know, there would be no investigation to it, really. So you need to take measures to see what sort of haunting you're dealing with, because it's also going to decide. Uh, how you, you know, plan out your investigation, how you, uh, you know, what techniques you implement and, and uh, what procedures, uh, protocols, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to a guy who owns the land that the Battle of Champion Hill happened on, which is a, which is a really oh. famous uh, Civil War battle here in Mississippi. And... Um, Took a tour. I'm really into historic, historical stuff, especially here in Mississippi. I, I visit a lot of the plantations, and um, there's a place not too far from here called the Windsor Ruins. It's a plantation that that it actually survived the war. Um, General Sherman came through and spared the house because the woman who lived there was widowed um, and had children, so she begged him not to burn it. So he spared the house, and ironically, like nine years later, somebody dropped a cigar. And burn the house down to the to the pillars, but those pillars uh, the, those pillars are still there to this day. Um, yeah. It's called the Windsor Ruins. It's really really neat. In fact, Elizabeth Taylor filmed the movie there, a movie scene there. Um, okay. It's really really cool. But anyway, the, the the owner of the Champion Hill said that he would hear uh, cannonball fire sometimes, and it, well, that uh, he thinks maybe that's residual, where he might hear some 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 residual energy from the from the battle. Sure. Yeah. I mean. Uh Faith, do you put in REM pods? 
In what? I'm sorry. In rem, the REM pod equipment, REM pods. Well, you know, with REM pods, the technology sound, obviously, we're, there's an interaction with, with, with the field there. Um, you can see that, you know, as you put your hand closer, sure. they, they definitely contract. Uh, they're very sensitive to geothermal and, and different things, very sensitive to your cell phones and keypads and, and, and all that. Um, with that device, it needs to, we need to monitor it constantly and you need to only take into consideration direct interactions, direct answers to questions, uh, that sort of thing, because it, it is very, very sporadic and goes off, uh, you know, quite frequently. Um, you know, it does attract to the magnetic field, and, you know, the magnetic field, all it really does, I mean, it does lots of functions, but its main function, is, as you probably know, is just, it just, it's just what binds all of the atoms, all the, the sub-particular particles and all the, you know, all that stuff, it's the glue that holds it all together, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so if there's a manipulation there, close to that device, it, it is going to pick it up if there's a little shuffle, if there's a little burn in the energy. But the problem with the REM pod is, you know, there's there's 250 million things, not literally, but there's so many different things that could create that uh, slight variance that uh, it's a little hard to use if you're not there constantly monitoring it. So, so, so a cell phone can certainly trigger it, can certainly make it go off. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. I mean, cell phones should always be put on airplane mode or left out. Yeah, we shut ours off when we go in. When we go in places, we just shut them off. Um, this is the best thing. All right, so I got a couple more things, and we'll let you go. Um, let's see. Let's take a fan question here. What is your? Yeah, here's a fan question. What is your favorite and most reliable piece of paranormal investigative equipment? Uh, for me, it's it's the, the EMF gauge. Yeah, I, I love the EMF. Uh, only because you know the science. Behind it is it, it, it sound that it's all stuff that does exist. We know it exists. Science backs it up. All, all that, um, but it, it's sadly it's very widely misused. Um, now, would this be a K two meter you're talking about? That kind of EMF, or what are we talking about? Well, no, K two meter is fine. There are some problems with K two meter. One is uh, it usually starts at around one point five, right? So how can you get a base rating? Uh, if I'm in a location and my base rating is a, a, a 1.0, a 1.5 may not mean that much, whereas if my base rating is a 0 0.1, a, a 1.5 is going to mean quite a bit. So how can you gauge that if, the gauge, if, if your reading doesn't even begin to 1.5? That's true. Um, not to mention it's, you know, very, it's notorious for picking up your radio pulse, especially in the winter when you have heavy clothes, that sort of thing. Uh, it as well is very sensitive to the key fabs and to the geothermal and all that stuff. Uh, I much prefer, you know, the the uh, you know the EMF gauge, the, the, the Lutron or, or the Sperry or, or uh, but it, but it is misused quite a bit. So it's used properly, you know, by an investigator who, who knows that it's reading radiation and that it's not picking up anything there. It's magnetic field. Uh, you know, they're aware that their reading could be five years old or ten years old, a hundred years old, or it could be happening in real time. You know, you need to take all of those things into consideration. So. Take all that into consideration, and it's used properly. It's, it's my favorite uh, device. Now, do you are you familiar with the the Eddie, the EDI? It's a little piece of equipment that came out not too long ago. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Not enough to, to you know okay. give an accurate uh, opinion, to be honest. 
Yeah, it's got, I think it's got an EMF on it also. It's like a, like a multi-purpose, it's a temperature reader, it's an EMF, uh, it, it has a little temperature warning if, if, it's, if the temperature drops more than five degrees um, over a short span. It's got to be a spike. It, it, won't, it won't trigger for gradual temperature. Uh, that, you know, because of course, go ahead. I really, really enjoyed having you on the show. I'm sure the fans are going to be really, really pumped to hear this. I wanted to thank, oh, you, wanted to thank you for doing this. And I, I guess before I let yeah. you go, though, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the fans um, where they can find you on your Twitter, where they can follow you on websites, such, such, things such, such as that. Yeah, uh, Twitter, it's uh, Steve 